When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the John Favreau is My Daddy podcast with Jessica Garcia and Monica Montoya. Two, three, four. I'm a combat pilot. I belong in the air. Yes, I'm a combat pilot. I belong in the air. It's Independence Day, motherfucker. What do I care? Because I'm a Long in the air. <laughs> Will Smith, Jeff Goldblum, yeah, they're my pals. Get the fuck out of this room. <laughs> oh, and hello. Welcome to the podcast. Um, those are the musical stylings. Monica Montoya. Before we started filming this, or recording this, sorry. I keep thinking that we're being filmed. Uh, I thought about, you know, Independence Day needs its own theme song. And you know, there's the, the score wasn't enough. No, no, for no, you. no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, the guy goes, the president's like, I'm a combat pilot. I belong in the air, right? And then that leads into a whole chorus, and there's like, there's fucking, there's army men and like airmen, and they're all fucking doing jazz squares, and he's like, I'm a fucking combat pilot. You know what I mean? Like that's just yeah. <laughs> this is my musical. I say let's pitch Independence Day the musical. It'll be four hours because musicals are notoriously longer than whatever movie they. I know this is a long ass fucking. Film. And Independence Day is two and a half hours long. So why don't we just make it an opera while we're at it? Oh, I'm a combat pilot. <laughs> oh well. Anyway, how are you, Monica? The fires. The fires are happening. Things are scary and bad. Yeah. Right so uh, again, <laughs> we don't say it enough. We live in Los Angeles. <laughs> Which is on fire. Which well, is literally, well, Los Angeles isn't. Like, part of it is. North of Pasadena is on fire. The Angeles National Forest is. Yeah, and other parts and too. And other parts. So, that's the problem here. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, the like air is thick with smoke. Yeah. Uh, every time you go outside, you start sounding more and more like Sam Jones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had like a scratchy throat for. Uh, days yeah so, so that's nice welcome to california see the thing is everyone's like oh my god california is like sunny and like great bitch we have earthquakes we have fires and everything's on fire everything's <laughs> always on fire some there's always cracks in the sidewalk and you think hmm this was either because of a root or because of a 9.1 earthquake and because a lot of us live next to freeways you're like is my house shaking because a big rig just went by or is this the end <laughs> is this the end <laughs> so yeah we're having a rough time but this will maybe this maybe this will pick it up because yeah. this is going to be i think a fun episode yeah um this is one of our our top daddies if top you will. Th- top top Three to five between the two of us. Yeah, which we, if you if you want to go check out our Instagram highlight <laughs> with our about us section, yeah. you'll know. Which Jessica's been truly killing it on that front. <laughs> it's been distracting me from um, the impending doom is I'm just going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I shit post on our Instagram. Truly. I wake up in the morning and I go, 
what, who do I want to Google today to find a picture of to be inspired? Yesterday yeah. it was Paul Giamatti. It was Paul Giamatti. Who knows where it will take me tomorrow? <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm living for it. You know, if you want a wine pairing with a daddy, let her know. She's got you. Yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun game. I think I might bring that back like biweekly. I agree. Um, inspired by Paul Giamatti, who knows nothing about wine, but in real life but Lumao. plays a, a, a wine, wine freak a wine freak in sideways um so if you submit a daddy i'll give you a movie to watch and an, a, a wine pairing that i chose relatively arbitrarily yeah even though we know someone who is a sommelier or yeah, we whatever do. the fuck is we name do is. know a sommelier but i um, will not consult him <laughs> holy shit this is my game <laughs> this is how i win well, you know what? That being said, let's just let's just fucking go into it. This is enough. This yeah. is this podcast is gonna be is gonna be longer than Independence Day. Just an FYI. Two hours and forty five minutes. Buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> so today's episode is Jeff Goldblum. Everyone, he's a king. The Bloom. He is a king. And I'm gonna tell you about him, okay? So oh, Daddy Jeff unconventionally handsome and equipped with a famously peculiar speaking cadence actor jeff goldblum has been intriguing audiences for decades decades after studying acting as a teen during the summer at carnegie mellon university goldblum moved to new york and got his big screen break playing freak number one in 1974's death wish he chooses to eat vegan chicken wings on the show hot ones and was spotted at a veggie grill by kevin smith but despite all of this information jeff is in fact not a vegan yeah right weird right so strange (laughs) Jeff Goldblum is a whole ass non-vegan snack. Not only that, but he's a literal daddy to sons River Joe and Charlie Ocean. Jeff is one of our top daddies, and we're so excited to be talking about him today, aren't we, Monica? Woo! Woo! Yeah, I'm really, I'm really concerned about him uh, and his non-veganism. I feel like <laughs> if, if you choose like not real chicken wings to eat on hot ones like what does that say about you i think he just likes the taste of vegan food sometimes um does anyone yeah like (laughs) not me because i notoriously like am not a huge fan of it um but there is this one okay so you know that company morningstar like lucifer morningstar no (laughs) like it's a food company called morningstar Okay, okay, okay and they make these um vegetarian well i guess they're vegan uh like sausage breakfast sausage patties oh i've heard of them and they used to serve them in my college dining hall and i got really like hooked on them because they taste incredible and so i still buy them but i like don't ever eat vegan food wow i know (laughs) um i eat vegan alternatives a lot of things the one thing that i won't like eat is vegan alternatives to chicken because it like chicken as a whole already kind of freaks me out sure uh and i feel like vegan chicken just doesn't get me anywhere Okay. It doesn't get me where I want to go. So you go. might as well just eat real chicken. So I might as well just eat real chicken if I want to. And if I don't, it is what it is. Jeff Goldblum, your your choices make me <laughs> shiver. <laughs> I mean, him as a person makes me shiver in like a lot of ways. Oh, definitely. Am I scared? Am I turned on? Am I excited? Am I annoyed? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm all of it. I think Jeff Goldblum specifically is a very interesting person in general. I mean, he has so many different interests and like he has so many different talents that Mm -hmm. sort of like span his entire life. And just looking at sort of his filmography, he hasn't done like a whole lot 
compared to other actors. Well, I mean, he's like stature. been in many things, but he's mm-hmm. been. But for someone who has who is like such an A-list celebrity, he has not starred in many movies. I know, right? Yeah. Uh, he does a lot of cameos. Yeah. That, like a, ca- a lot, lot of cameos and supporting roles that he's like really well known for, like Jurassic Park. Like the dinosaur film that I'm not allowed to talk about today. <laughs> I'm sorry, but there would not have been Okay, listen, say. I just want to say, this is the fucking Haunted Mansion all over again. <laughs> I'm, I'm not here for this. There's going to be a future episode that's like all the movies Monica we're wanted gonna, to do so and Jessica show episodes down. at some point in the future. And it's going to be Haunted Mansion, Jurassic Park, and like 5,000 other ones. <laughs> okay, fine. I'll give you that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the movies that we're getting into today are sort of like movies that show his range mm-hmm. in terms of like what he, what he can do as an actor, what he can do as a fly and what he can do as an alien yeah yeah it's like it's like jeff goldblum's acting chops combined with jeff goldblum's just like kooky taste yes yeah yes 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 and yes, gina yes. davis is coincidentally and also in two of these i films. know which i think is not coincidental they were married right well yeah they were married during this time it ease what it ease when you're an actor <laughs> and an actress you get married you star in films together you get divorced and then you marry contortionist <laughs> That's what like happens. Jeff Goldblum. It's, it's just what happens. A we Canadian. Don't make <laughs> you marry a Canadian and then have children and name them after bodies of water. Yeah, that's what you do. That's just the track. That's the track. <laughs> uh, but anyway, the first film that we have for you guys today is mm-hmm. called The Fly. It's a little movie called The Fly. I don't know if you've ever heard <laughs> teeny, of it. Teeny tiny film. You've a teeny tiny little film called The Fly. Uh, it came out in. 1986 it was directed by david cronenberg written by david cronenberg (laughs) different from david cronenberg (laughs) and charles edward pogue based on the short story by george langelang (laughs) (laughs) we don't actually know if that's how you say it but you know he was canadian french it is what it is (laughs) george if you're still alive he's not okay he's not (laughs) when scientist seth brundle played phenomenally (laughs) by jeff goldblum completes his teleportation device he decides to test its abilities on himself unbeknownst to him a housefly slips in during the process leading to a merger of man and insect who wrote the synopsis (laughs) (laughs) initially brundle appears to have undergone a successful teleportation but the fly's cells begin to take over his body as he becomes increasingly fly-like brundle's girlfriend played by gina davis is horrified as the person she once loved deteriorates into a monster. Bam, bam, bam. A fly monster. The fly. The brundle Called Brundlefly. <laughs> uh, I just want to start off by saying I am not a fan of movies that use like body horror or like movies where things having to do with the human body, mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. <laughs> That, like, elicit fear and anxiety. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Go on. So, for example, I think I'm really hardcore because I got through Black Swan. <laughs> because of that one fucking scene where she... one scene. Well, and then I guess there is the scene where, like, the feathers The feathers, like, come out of her and, and she, like, her grabs them. Break and yeah, so, like, I got through that, right? And so I think I'm a fucking badass. Yeah. And then Jessica goes, we have to watch The Fly. You can't is- talk about Jeff Goldblum and not talk about The Fly. I'm sorry. And I go, <laughs> no. <laughs> I want to do the dinosaur movie. 
And she says, no, we're doing the fly. And you know what I say? Okay. That's what I say. <laughs> well, I said, I said we're doing it, but I will watch it first and take note of all of the body horror and she moments. Did. And send you notes beforehand so you know when to close your eyes. And guess what? I did. I did miss one on accident. Yeah. But it was an animal one. It she, wasn't a, a human it's one. It's still deeply affected. I know. I know. There's a scene where a baboon pretty much turns inside out. He turns inside out and becomes barbecue. Like yeah. it's not cool. And he's like laying on the ground screaming and writhing. Not it's, a real baboon. It's pretty disgusting. I just want everyone to know that. Well, I mean, the 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 baboon for the rest of the movie was real. Oh, you know, he was real. Yeah. Animal actors. I love animal actors. Uh, I heard he was pretty vicious, though. You and, know what? And they were only like the, truly the only reason he didn't attack anyone is because Jeff Goldblum was like large. He's like six two and was like, "No, this is my territory, monkey." <laughs> and the baboon was like, "Okay, fine." Uh, but yeah. Anyway, back to back to me, yeah, the yeah, star of this I'm podcast. So sorry. Um, I sort of got over it. Yeah. Because of Jeff Goldblum's performance, which, which we're going to get into in a, in a second. Yeah. But for those of you out there who are hesitant to watch The Fly because you are inc- you're a little bitch like me, <laughs> and you uh, are really scared of like body horror mm-hmm. or like weird shit like getting toenails like taken out off of you or what have you, yeah, um, watch it anyway. Have a have a friend. Yeah, watch it beforehand. You know, timestamp all the shit parts and then watch it. And I promise you it'll be a rewarding experience. Or just do it like I did and go in blind. I mean, to be fair, I don't like body horror. I just am in the camp of like, I need to experience this movie for all that it is. And so I did it and I 100% like screamed out loud. (laughs) Oh, me too. Multiple times in the movie. So, you know, I just uh, was prepared, but it was still it was still rough. But yeah. this movie overall, I had never, I had never seen this movie before. I had heard of it before. And so I was like, yeah, he turns into a fly. I didn't like really grasp that it was technically a horror movie. I didn't, I thought it was going to be kind of funny, <laughs> but it's like fully not. It's fully a drama. Oh no, yeah. Um, It's very, it, it shows like a lot of, it's very gory. There's a lot of like. It's visceral emotional trauma going mm-hmm. on in the movie he doesn't turn into like a literal fly he turns into like what a morph like a morphed yeah version. like what they perceived a human and fly combo would be which is like a grotesque a million times grosser than um, you can even imagine the thing that i will say is that the closer he gets to being a fly the yeah. less afraid i am of him. i was okay yes i was less afraid of him but the scenes where like Gina Davis would still go back to the apartment and be like, Oh, poor girl. I'm so worried about you. I was like, he's vomiting on his food. Just leave. (laughs) Gina, 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 come on. (laughs) The sex is not that good. It might be though. It's Jeff Goldblum. Yes, but not fly. (laughs) Uh, It's just one of those things where Jeff Goldblum is handsome oh yeah in the beginning and then at the end he looks nothing like jeff gold no he looks like a fly like, you know in you know in spongebob that episode where like the crabby patty meat like comes to life yes it's it kind of reminds, it kinda me, reminds of me of that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> nickelodeon if you're out there <laughs> you made something very similar my friends <laughs> Did you did you watch The Fly when you were coming up with that? Were you influenced by The Fly? (laughs) 
they're just like yeah we were actually <laughs> yeah that was direct inspiration from the fly um <laughs> gina davis's role act in this film mm-hmm. is i mean she she does a phenomenal job she's yeah. a great actress um but her and jeff goldblum together is like i had never seen a movie with them together i don't think oh wow uh this was like my first experience with them and then i guess later on um, <laughs> Earth was easy. there will we be should, a second one we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it but um <laughs> Uh, they're great together. They're absolutely they're phenomenal together. They, I, well, I mean, it helped that they were a couple. At the yeah, time I was going to say it helps that like their boyfriend and girlfriend <laughs> during this movie, um, and that he loved her enough to be a, to be jealous as fuck of his co-star when she when she had like intimate scenes with him. Yeah. Uh, but they have like incredible chemistry and play very well off of each other. Oh yeah. The whole movie is like really heartbreaking in a lot of ways um, through both of their performances. But I think like what I what I want to like kind of like emphasize about why this movie is so good other than the performances is because it's like it's short. It's like 90 minutes. It's snappy. It's like really clever. The writing is really good. The and writing like, is very good. It does have one liners that you kind of think will be cheesy, but I think that lends itself to its self-awareness as a movie. And I think without that, it would be cheesier if that makes sense. I mean, did Mel Brooks not produce this movie? Oh, you're right. He did. He did. Well, there we go. Yeah. I mean, the man's <laughs> a fucking legend. So. Yeah. Um, and when this movie starts... It gets like I think this is one of the most impressive openings of a movie I've ever seen. You oh, get fuck like yeah, right in there. It's just like a close-up shot of Jeff Goldblum's face where he's explaining his experiment to Gina Davis, who's a journalist. Who's a journalist, and you get all of the information that you will need for the rest of the movie in like thirty seconds. Yep. And then it just immediately goes into it, and in the next scene, you are introduced to like what the telepods are and. It, there it, we go. It just brings you on the roller coaster immediately. Like yeah. it does not, it doesn't ease you into it if that makes any no, sense. No, I don't think that there is a good way to like, like pussyfoot around the fact that we're eventually going to be turning a man into a fly. Hello, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, in the beginning, obviously, Jeff Goldblum doesn't know that Gina Davis is a fucking journalist. Otherwise, he would not have taken her back to like, his lab yeah uh which is i forget where this movie like is set i don't know if it's like chicago they don't tell you but it was all filmed in toronto and they have like very distinct like toronto buildings in the background okay okay okay. so i think you're supposed to like figure it out i guess i mean i'm just a fucking idiot i guess then (laughs) i Um, had to i had to google it (laughs) uh but anyway his lab is in this like back alley industrial building warehouse place and it is really dirty on the outside and it looks like it looks like the scene of like it looks it looks like a horror movie scene Mm -hmm. like like a like a setting where someone goes to take the body of someone and chop it up and put it somewhere else yeah he's like on the top floor of like a warehouse it's very uh concerning and then you go inside (laughs) and it's it's actually like really clean and there's like a, a a piano there's there is a piano but no bed no bed it's a fold out from the couch but Mm -hmm. you know yeah it just seems like he doesn't bring a lot of people over there he spends too much time thinking yeah monica that's why he's a scientist that's why he only has one suit and six (laughs) of them fucking steve jobs i know he's like albert einstein did this yeah (laughs) these are not dirty i swear (laughs) but jeff jeff goldblum 
I knew that Jeff Goldblum could act and mm-hmm. I adored him and everything. And I thought that he, as a comedic actor, like he's brilliant, right? Oh yeah. This was the movie that I saw that made me see him as like an actor, actor, like Jeff Goldblum is an actor. Yeah. And he acts the shit out of this fucking movie. Um, and what, what I mean by that is like, he's very nuanced and he's very specific and he's very natural mm-hmm. despite being such a kind of over the top character. He's very natural about it yeah, because he internalizes all of it, which and, is crazy. And you can see all of it like in his eyes. Like I, there's the scene after he kills the baboon. Right. Um, and he, Gina Davis is not there and he has the video camera recording and he like realizes that he killed the baboon while trying to teleport it and he just like looks into the camera and he's like freaking out and he's fucking pissed Mm -hmm. and you see like all of the stages of grieving almost like go through his eyes as he's talking to the camera and explaining like what he thinks went wrong because he's like really pissed and really disappointed but also sad but also really determined to do it right um it's incredibly impressive he plays every stage of the role very impressively i've never seen an actor have to cover that much ground i know which he (laughs) honestly he does in a lot of this film yeah uh i think i think you know his chops sort of like shine through Mm -hmm. uh as the as he progresses into like brundlefly yeah right because like he there's a little you know every single scene post him telepotting Mm -hmm. (laughs) like getting into the telepod and teleporting himself every scene post that scene Uh, he loses a little bit more of his humanity. Like every scene, he's essentially supposed to be transitioning more and more. And yet he like, he has to like maintain who Seth Brundle is like to an extent and then add all of these different layers while like still making it authentic. It's, I would feel horribly overwhelmed if I were doing that role. Like, and even I think the smaller changes in the beginning where he still hasn't gone through like much physical change, like right. when he's just like really aggressive and really sexual, mm-hmm. like I think that that section is especially impressive. Like when oh, he tries definitely. to like shove Gina Davis into the telephone, oh, he's like, oh, my get God. in there. It'll make you feel sexy. Mm-hmm. And like when he starts screaming at her about how she doesn't understand the flesh. I know. The amount of times they say <laughs> flesh in this movie is like absolutely disturbing. <laughs> But that whole portion of like the Brundlefly transformation is like very disturbing, but he's so impressive before he realizes like that he's undergoing any change. That's the creepiest part. Yeah. It really fucking freaked me out when he started doing gymnastics. I don't like it when he does gymnastics. No, it's very creepy. I, in my notes, I say that's scarier than the exorcist. That is when he just starts like turning, swinging in full circles it's gross i don't like that like but the thing is he like sort of emits this raw weird sexual energy that's like (laughs) not not but like not in a good way like in a very disturbing aggressive way yeah apparently flies made a lot a ton they they lay like 600 eggs at a time or some shit like that some bullshit something insane but yeah so he's just like super sexual and he then he starts like sweating a lot lot. and he starts like getting like pimples yeah because they end up being like pus balls like yeah like pustules it's super gross it's not cute but somehow gina davis still wants to get with him well she is in love with him and she um wants to make sure he's okay and is also like so i mean i would be fucking scared if i woke up and my boyfriend 
had a shift that dramatic that would be terrible but i would still be like we need to make sure you're okay like what's going on dude when he fucking grows like the hairs on his back and she's like what are these hairs and she goes and to she cut them off cuts them and they're like super rough and like hard and she's like they're so coarse yeah and then they have that <laughs> argument he like freaks out and mm-hmm. he starts that's the part where he starts screaming about her not understanding the flesh, the flesh. <laughs> the flesh you don't understand the flesh i've become free i've been released and you can't stand it (laughs) get in the pod it'll make you feel sexy (laughs) okay but realistically when he does start transforming into brundlefly and has all the insane makeup brundlefly (laughs) brundlefly (laughs) but when he has all this fucking makeup on his face like Okay, first, first, first feat of acting is he has figured out beautifully how, what it means to be half fly, half human. <laughs> because if I was, if if a director was like, so you have to, so like, put yourself there mentally. Like, what are the emotions that you're feeling? It's like, like I don't what? fucking know. What the fuck am I supposed to reference? Go study the fly. What emotional recall exercise can I do to make myself feel? Flutter <laughs> around. So there's that layer that he somehow manages to figure it out and is like incredible. But then he's also like ha- showing his humanity underneath all of this makeup. And you look at him and you're like, you're disgusting. But like, I feel bad I feel for you. So bad for you. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. Yeah. I mean, they sort of, sir, <laughs> sir, they cut the scene. <laughs> When he, there's a deleted scene that uh, is like a fun fact. Um, so they deleted this scene where the, I was going to call him the Brundle fly. When Seth Brundle <laughs> starts beating the shit out of this cat that he puts through the uh, tele, te, the telepod. Because the cat gets sort of like merged with the baboon. Yeah, they, he puts them through together. And he puts them through together and they get merged and it starts like hissing at him. So he like starts like beating it to death with a metal pole. Because he has a lot of bars and poles in his warehouse. Yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> shit laying around in this warehouse space. <laughs> um, But anyway, so the reason why they didn't keep it in the film was because they you know the second that that happened the audience like lost all like like feelings of pity slash respect for the main character like they were like well fuck this guy if he gets turned into a fly i want him fucking dead like i want him dead um but we still care for him Mm -hmm. because i feel like there's you know jeff goldblum does such a great job bringing humanity into the role like you said despite the layers and layers and layers of makeup and gore and pestules and and hair yeah and like you can see how scared he is um because like he knows that it's not going to end well but like is still staying alive like i i am kind of surprised that he brundlefly didn't just like kill himself i'm surprised too at some point um because eventually he reaches a point in the transformation where he is like too far from hit like from seth brundle Mm -hmm. to be aware enough to do that um until the very, very, very end where, where he puts the rifle to he, his head. He, as a fly, is like, man, kill me. And Gina Davis is like, okay, I and then guess she's I like, will. But then she's like, but I, I can't do it. I can't. And then I can't do it. I, I, I can't. 
And then that fucker, what's his name? What it? What? I don't even know his fucking name. Her ex boyfriend. The character basically. has a really weird name. He's like an editor in chief slash her ex boyfriend. He's a yeah. piece of shit. He's like a rapey weirdo. Yeah. He. Uh, um. The character's name is Stathis Boren. Like what the fuck? <laughs> it's played by John Getz, but he. So he's like weird and rapey and mean, but then all of a sudden, like, saves her and has like a weird, like. I don't know, like redemption story. It's very strange. I don't agree with that part. I think he had it coming to him when uh, oh, definitely. Brundlefly vomited on his limbs and, <laughs> and started his limbs him. started turning into like nubs. <laughs> and he was like, ah. Yeah, yeah. But then uh, also another really impressive, uh, I think, feat of control with mm-hmm. David Cronenberg is uh, Stathis shoots, <laughs> shoots Brundlefly in the head Brundlefly dies and the movie ends. Yep. And I was just like, that's it. But then yep. it's like, of course that's of it. Of course it's what it. What that else was is the story. There? That was the story. The yeah. story was about a, a scientist man who made his little pods, mm-hmm. his microwaves, and then <laughs> who put himself in the microwave and with turned the fly, into a fly. And then the fly died. And that's the end. There is no after. There's no epilogue. Gina Davis is not. I mean, she does. She does uh, go on to have like a baby and the baby grows up I, I, to be yeah. like. I mean, some... if we're going based off of the fly too, she does have the baby. But <laughs> I think I think as far as the fly, the first fly is concerned, we're supposed to think that she probably gets rid of it. Yeah. I would assume because she is yeah. very much to like, I can't do this. Yeah. Because it might be a fly baby. In her dream sequence, the fly is actually a giant maggot <sighs> slash yeah. larva slash worm. Not yeah, sure what it is. Like, it looks like okay. Do you remember those glow worms that were around when we were kids? Yes. They were stuffed yes. worms, and they had little faces with a little sleep. Oh my god! Cap. Yes. Ew. And when you hugged them, they <laughs> yes. lit up. So they were like yes. a huggable nightlight. It mm-hmm. looked like one of those. It looked like one of those, but but pale, translucent, and wiggly. But like actually, like a like a maggot or like a like a larva. <laughs> I think it was supposed to be like a, a fly larva. Like that's yeah. what it was supposed to be. Yeah. A fly egg. A flag. A flag. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, no. I uh, This specific film really shivered me timbers in the worst way, but also the best way. I, I think, was just horribly impressed the whole time. Yeah. I, um, I, I cannot think of a single other actor who could pull that shit off. No. Think about it. Like, th- <laughs> become the fly, Jeff. Become the fly. So you're going to play a fly. Right? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's it so like this is the b so e- fly that's it and like luckily this movie was a success and is mm-hmm. like people like this movie well it gave him it gave him some oscar buzz they, they really thought that he was gonna he was gonna get it well if this had been like a cheesy horror movie that ended up being bad i feel like it would have tainted jeff goldman's career forever oh, precisely but yes. he you know surpassed the fly so and became who he is now he became he went from you know, random random Jeff yeah, to random uh, Jeff. Brundlefly to Jeff Goldblum <laughs> as we know him and love him today. Yeah, yeah. The world according to Jeff Goldblum. The world according to Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's the fly. Yeah. We, I honestly have so much more to say about it, but the reality is this podcast will be as long as Independence Day, and we're not trying to go for that. <clears throat> Anyway, while Jessica fucking chokes on her hopes and dreams, <laughs> we're going to move it on over to uh, a few years later, 1988. Okay, so we're going to move now a few years later to 1988. This is my second favorite movie of all time. I've seen it probably 20 times. 
<laughs> um, this is Earth Girls Are Easy. Yep, and it is exactly what you think it is. I don't know if a that space means. musical. <laughs> this movie was directed by Julian Temple, written by Julie Brown, Charlie Coffee, and surprisingly, Terrence McNally. <laughs> Who was a real ass fucking playwright who yeah. died in March? You know, rest may he rest in peace. Yeah. The bastard wrote Ragtime. He wrote Ragtime. He wrote Kiss of the Spider Woman. He's a real fucking. He's person. a real writer. <laughs> what is he doing with his hands on this script? <laughs> well, him and Julie Brown were married. Oh my god. <laughs> He's like thirty something years older than her. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it is what it is. We don't judge. <laughs> Jeff Goldblum is 30 years older than his current wife. And they seem the very happy. So, you know, there, there it is. Truly. Okay, so here's a little sum of this movie. In this musical comedy, Valerie, played by Gina Davis, is dealing with her cheating fiancé, Ted, Charles Rocket, when she finds that a trio of aliens, Jeff Goldblum, Jim Carrey, and Damon Wayans... <laughs> have crashed their spaceship into her swimming pool. Once the furry beings are shaved at her friend's salon, the friend is Julie Brown, uh, the women discover three handsome men underneath and take them on the town in 1980s Los Angeles where chaos and love ensues. Also hilarity. Hilarity also ensues. So much hilarity. This movie is straight up valley porn, first and foremost. It's entirely shot in the San Fernando Valley. It's incredible. Monica and I are both in the valley. Yeah. So there was there's this line that I sort of want to start with. There's sure. there's first of all, there's so much in this fucking movie. There's <laughs> so much in this movie. This film has everything. Uh, but there was this one line that I had to like stop, sort of like close my eyes and like will myself to live. Um, but in a very specific way, because if you're not from the valley, from the valley, like you won't understand why the fuck this is so funny. But they're like <laughs> Gina Davis's character yeah. and Jeff Goldblum's character, who's an alien, like an actual alien, mm-hmm. are like, I think they're about to have sex. And she goes, you know, I don't know if it's going to work. Like, you're an alien and I'm from the valley. <laughs> <laughs> you're an alien and I'm from like, the valley. Because that's so specific. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like you're from that world and I'm from this this world, the valley, the valley. Like she doesn't say Earth, she doesn't say Los Angeles, she America. She doesn't say America. She says the valley. <laughs> but you're an alien and I'm from the valley. She's a valley girl. But anyway, yes, this was to reiterate Jessica's point. This is sort of valley porn. There's, is what it is. Um, similarly to when we were talking about punch drunk love, mm-hmm. so. I was talking about a very specific bank at an intersection near where I grew up. Yep. Across the street from that is another place that appeared in this movie. Lomo. <laughs> it's when Jeff Goldblum and Gina Davis are leaving the hospital. Yes. Um, and they're driving. And you see like that, the street behind them. And I was like, oh, my God, that's right around the corner from my house. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, one of my most favorite movies of all time. This movie is insane. Um. It's a musical film. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure. But what I did learn is that a lot of the people who worked on the movie, like Julian Temple has directed a ton of music, music videos, videos yeah. and a ton of music documentaries. Mm-hmm. A lot of the people who worked on this movie are involved in music. So it made a lot of sense because the movie does kind of feel like a really long music video. It does. The movie feels like a really long music video. And also it's not, I wouldn't 
necessarily classify it as a musical movie it's like a movie with it's music a, yeah it's a movie that with, with music like songs in it yeah but you know the way that you would typically typically categorize musicals like the the, the songs have to do with the plot and like move mm-hmm. the plot along whereas this movie has a song dedicated <laughs> to someone being blonde yeah that comes out of being nowhere. a blonde girl <laughs> I'm a blonde girl, is what she says. Because I'm a blonde. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to, you know, go into this by saying Jessica's like favorite movie of all time is Cry Baby. Yeah. So if you watch this movie and you and you question like yourself, <laughs> your m- movie tastes and what have you. Just remember this 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 recommendation is coming from someone whose favorite film is Crybaby. It's a very which specific is a great film. Taste. It's very it's it's just so specific. Crybaby is a fantastic film. There like, so is this one. Uh, there the thing is is like I like movies that commit to like like a, an aesthetic or like a like an area of kitsch and are so self-aware about what they're doing that they don't try to something that they're not right nobody made earth girls are easy thinking it was going to be an award-winning film no no one did that. they made it for fun and that's exactly what it is so like i i have a lot of respect for stuff like that and i think that's why the it's one of my favorite movies and i just like the overall aesthetic i love the 80s i love the valley specifically in the 80s so um i the one thing that i will say about this movie is the production design is sort of for lack of a better phrase out of this world (laughs) (laughs) um it is so i so you look at like other movies in the create like made in the 80s that are about space or that reference space or the future or like sci-fi stuff Mm -hmm. and you look at it and you go that's a very 80s perspective of what space looks like or that's a very 80s perspective of what like aliens look like i feel like this movie is the 80s all over the place and then when it comes to like their perception of space and Mm -hmm. space aliens it's very 50s like tomorrowland um and i i love that like i think that first of all that was a fucking choice like that was (laughs) a choice that the production designer the 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 scenic designer like that everyone made to commit to the fucking bit and like go for it yeah they set the tone immediately with the spaceship because you see what it looks like and it's very like it's very 50s cartoon 50s like the jetsons weird like exactly uh and it's very like the colors are very poppy and mm-hmm. like not at all modern alien <laughs> like black <laughs> rock flying through space. It's like, ooh, alien ship <laughs> flying through space. Yeah, Jeff Goldblum is bright blue. Jim uh, Carrey is, is bright, bright red. red. <laughs> and David Williams uh, is bright yellow. <laughs> and they look like half tigers, half aliens. Yeah, they're all covered in fur. And like stripes. Yeah. <laughs> It's incredible. Uh, and they're obsessed with women. Oh, my God. The, the one of, My favorite line from the whole movie at the top is, I'm tired of space. I need a woman. <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much what the movie is about. The whole movie is about like the pursuit of like the specifically the female form. Right? I mean, it's about love. It's about the aliens wanting to find... Well, they just want women. That's, they what, that's know, what I'm like, trying to say. Is like they're just yeah. looking for what they call like bald women. Yeah, like, they're really hairy, and they're like, "Oh, she, you know, she's bald, but she's beautiful." She's like bald and bouncy. I know. No, he goes <laughs> like, "I want them round and bouncy. Oh, so soft and like." 
<laughs> because they're on their of course they're on their spaceship yes and they're looking at their television that they have on their spaceship <laughs> and they're gay and they get this like radio transmission yeah of a tv station from the 80s of like the you know when, when there was like the fitness craze mm-hmm. and they're like all shapely and like bouncing up and down and they're like yes it's soft the- and round mm-hmm. and then they see those women the skiing women in bikinis from finland oh my gosh Remember? yes like, we're going to finland <laughs> <laughs> but anyway so we just get to jeff goldblum in this movie yes first of all just the whole movie is yeah insane. we had to we had to set that up we just for had you. to tell you <laughs> What the fuck was going on? Uh, uh, just like, so this movie is two years off of The Fly. Two years off of a movie that he got Oscar buzz for. And yes. Jeff Goldblum does Earth Girls Are Easy. I don't know why, but he I does. I don't know why either. I don't know why. For Any well, of them did. Well, what the fuck is Jim Carrey doing in well, this, this is like This is this is like one of his very first roles. This is pre In Living Color. Nobody fucking right. knew who Jim Carrey was. You're right. He's hysterical in this so movie. Funny. He has like peak jim carrey humor that you know and love now he was still doing back then and it's so like what a fucking treat to see him and damon wayans just go insane go at it truly but jeff goldblum is you know a respected actor at this time and he plays a fucking alien but he like a blue alien a blue alien named mac (laughs) well it's like mac (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. and she's like i'll just call you mac (laughs) gina davis is like i'll just call you mac then (laughs) But he commits so fully. They all do. They all do. They all do. He's like so understated. I think this role is a really interesting role to contrast to like who he is in real life. Oh, yeah. Because he's so kooky and like stammering. Yeah. In real life. And in this, he's like cool and brooding and like doesn't say too much. But he just like slinks around every scene and is just like. Valerie, are you okay? <laughs> Valerie, <laughs> sex. <laughs> what is sex? <laughs> Mr. Right? <laughs> I am Mr. Right? <laughs> I think I think another really genius part of the film's plot is that they the aliens have gotten all of their language, their English language and knowledge from 80s television. Mm-hmm. So they just speak in quotes from TV. Yes. And it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> it is so fucking funny because so the aliens are from this planet called uh the the something uh just Zeth- Zathura. <laughs> it's like Zajala. They're or from like the that. planet Zathura. Jazala. They're from the planet Jazala and they're like they're you know superhuman ability because they're aliens yeah is being able to listen to things and then mimic the sounds yeah so like they listen so if they listen to like a cat's meow they are able to replicate exactly that sound yeah and then so on and so forth it's how like a song sequence begins (laughs) is they're all mimicking sounds Mm -hmm. of different household objects and items slash the fucking cat whose name is Bambi who was obviously named by that fucker Ted because Bambi's a terrible name for a cat. Uh, uh, please, one moment. Pour one out. Rest in peace, Charles Rocket. Yeah. He's so beautiful and in general, and also like he's great in this movie. He's so funny as Ted. He's mm. hilarious. He's <laughs> the love doctor, <laughs> Doctor Love. <laughs> <laughs> his fucking stethoscope is like hanging between his yeah. legs. So Ted's a piece of shit because he's cheating on Valerie. Yeah, but so also whole, won't have sex with Valerie. Right. So the whole deal is Valerie, played by Gina Davis, is like you know about to marry this guy Ted, who's a fucking doctor. Um, 
And that's sort of like the whole setup of this film is she's trying to be all like sexy for him. Mm-hmm. And because uh, he's like not giving it to her because he's fucking wasting it all on his cheating efforts. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she feels like lonely. And so do the aliens, specifically Mac, who is played by Jeff Goldblum, the blue furry tiger alien. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The blue alien. The blue one. This is very specific. The primary colors. <laughs> um, but But anyway, so... I found that to be very natural despite the movie being so over the top. Mm-hmm. Like I understood their attraction to each other. Yeah. That oh makes yeah. Sense. Um, which I going into this movie after the first like 10 minutes of it, I was like, nothing serious is like, there's going to be nothing serious in this film. <laughs> like this, I, I'm just going to like be on this ride, enjoy the film and like, you know, think about what I saw and then go to bed. Right. Um, but no, I understood sort of them coming, them both coming from a place of like loneliness and feeling like they don't necessarily have a have a place in this world. Ooh, um, and coming together because of that, and I think that that was a very a really interesting serious moment for sure. me because it sort of I wouldn't say that it came out of nowhere. I think that the movie set it up very well. Yeah. Um, I just think that like it was a nice little breath of fresh air in a film that was constantly in your face. Yeah, I agree. Um, What I always tell people that I make watch this movie, because I have made many a person watch this film, is that the whole time you're going to be going, what the fuck am I watching? And then by the end of it, you're like, that was really fun. (laughs) Because, I mean, it is a lot of fun, but there there also is like some, you know, like some reality in there. I think there's that, that scene, this whole sequence when they're at the dance club, which is actually Griffith fucking observatory. Which is just, did they do that? Did they did yes. they do that in they the 80s? They filmed it at Griffith Observatory the out the exterior at least. Right. This movie to put it in perspective had a 10 million dollar budget. 10 million dollars. It only made 3.9 million. Of gross. course it did. They of lost course. so much money. So much money. <laughs> but listen, I would I would pay them for it if I had it. I'd be like, "Here, take this. It was take my 10 dollars." Yeah, exactly. But yeah, so there's that that whole sequence at the Griffith Observatory Dance Club um, where after the dance off, which is uh, one of my most favorite parts of the film. Limo. (laughs) um, He like Gina Davis goes outside like onto the the like the deck area of the club and uh, Jeff Goldblum is playing the piano which they always have to slip into a movie of course because he's a brilliant piano player yeah exactly he's a great jazz pianist jazz pianist 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 whatever (laughs) he's a great jazz peony peony (laughs) um yeah so they go out and they have that like really nice moment where even though he's still speaking in like quotes to her he understands what she's going through yeah and like wants to be there for her um so i think it has a lot to do with you know like like human trend emotion like transcends language, language. kind of thing um, which is like a fun cute yeah addition to an otherwise wacky fucking film super wacky like uh, one of my favorite lines is valerie are we limp and hard to manage <laughs> uh because they're a lot you know yeah oh my god <laughs> but yeah. that, what an insane way to ask that question <laughs> I love when she tries to pass them off as a boy band that she I know. won. Oh, yes. MTV. Yes. They are the band that was sent to me by MTV. I won. I won a weekend with the band. <laughs> oh, they're a rock and roll band. 
<laughs> um, yeah, this honestly, this movie is just really fun. If you want to see Jeff Goldblum do something really fun that in a weird way, I mean, I know before I said that it's nothing like who he is in real life. Mm-hmm. I would say that the role itself is nothing like him in real life, but the movie is a lot like what he is. Oh, in real life. definitely. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. So if you want to see something like that, I think it's great. Yeah. I mean, if you want to see aliens do like fucking hibachi in space. Yeah. Do it there's like there's like this scene in the opening in like one of the like opening sequences where mm-hmm. like they're fucking doing like benihana bullshit in space <laughs> like yeah. eat, it's so confusing yeah it's really strange um nothing makes sense nothing makes there's sense. also some good cameos like angeline who is an la staple shows up in this movie i've seen her a couple times around la and i'm always really excited when i get to see her and her pink car only pink only pink she's uh, she rented a billboard like off of franklin i think like a year or two ago no way she it was just an angeline billboard and i was like the fuck you're still relevant she has money honey <laughs> from somewhere she's she's a fucking la mystery man someone needs to make a movie about angeline i think they will i think she like she she already has like cooking up she probably Pink has World. like some agreement that when she dies she will re- like reveal her life or something <laughs> she'll reveal the reason for the pain because nobody knows where she's from how old she is what she's doing here <laughs> everyone is very it's confused bullshit. um but yeah and then there's other really good people in this movie like mike michael mckeon is in this movie right he plays the the pool boy (laughs) yeah man (laughs) give my love to finland (laughs) i was i just sex waxed my board (laughs) what an insane film this film is full of like iconic memorable one-liners yeah yeah yeah. i want to deviate off of jeff goldblum's stunning stunning performance in this as mac Mm mm-hmm and just talk about the fuck where the fuck is everyone getting this fucking technology where they get to make over someone oh my god from head to toe <laughs> that was in my nose i said in mm, this fucking yet another film, film world where we have computer technology Clueless, that doesn't exist miss congeniality mm-hmm. earth girls are easy what the fuck where they just instantaneously import a a photo of themselves from that day without taking a photo and then just change it change the hair change the makeup change the clothes like what the fuck i would also like to emphasize she became a platinum blonde from dark brown in a day which is impossible and then immediately changed her hair back Back. and her curl pattern was still intact that's the most unrealistic (laughs) thing about this movie quite frankly is the hair that's 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 the problem with this movie uh, but yeah if someone wants to fucking explain to me how this goddamn software works and where i can get my grubby little hands on it please let me know i'd love to not have to dress myself five times in the fucking morning yeah it'd be that amazing. would be great it would be it would be really 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 amazing but anyway <laughs> yeah um go watch this that was earth girls are easy if you like uh quirky fun songs that do not move the plot along but are still catchy but are still really fun uh and pops of color watch this fucking movie yeah and you'll be rewarded by like i don't know i think performances in movies like this get overlooked a lot because they're like oh the movie is just so wacky but i'm like sometimes that makes it even harder to perform and harder to be like an authentic it's a good fucking film yeah yeah so like he's like really great and even keeled the whole time and really sexy which it's hard to maintain when everything around you is fucking insane so um well done jeff well done yef going into our third 
My third and final film. My third and final film. A fave of our audio engineer, Aaron. Oh, it's Independence Day. Independence Day. The aliens came. Independence Day. No, you gotta sing the song from earlier. You're just singing your Independence Day rock song from earlier. I'm back, boys. Um... No, we'll just cut that back. We'll just cut that in. Okay. I thought we were going to leave it at the top. Yeah. And then we'll cut it in again. Okay, cool. <laughs> and then we'll cut it in again. We're going to do a formal recording of that track, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll make it like a fundraiser for our podcast. People can download it for <laughs> 99 cents like it's fucking iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> um, Independence Day. Mm-hmm. Came out in 1996. Happy birthday, Jessica. Uh, <laughs> I was born in 1995, but thank you. 1994, 1995, 1996. Huh. Where did I get the 96 from? I don't know. We were both born in December, right? So then why yeah. did I think? Mm. <laughs> Probably because I put that you were 37 on the website. <laughs> yeah, that explains why you thought my birthday was in 1996. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking nut. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking macadamia nut ass yes stupid pecan <laughs> you fucking pistache <laughs> the final film is independence day came out in 1996 directed by roland emmerich who also directed the day after tomorrow and i think 2012 <laughs> he loves apocalypse he thing. loves a disaster film mm-hmm. uh written by dean delvin devlin <gasps> Devlin, like in, uh, just go with it. I was about to say, like the movie with Adam Sandler. (laughs) Devlin. (laughs) Okay, we'll try that again. No, we have to keep that in. Written by Dean Devlin and Roland Emmerich. When aliens descend on every major city on the globe, an ensemble of people band together to save the planet. We follow David, played by Jeff Goldblum, a disgruntled scientist who first discovers radio waves that are key to the invaders' destruction. Steve, played by Will Smith, a hot-headed Air Force pilot who dreams of becoming an astronaut. President Whitmore, played by Bill Pullman, an ex-combat pilot battling with his public (laughs) image. And many more as they survive the first wave of destruction, pick up the pieces, and save the world before Independence Day. I had never seen this movie before, had you, Monica? I had never seen this fucking movie before. I'd heard of this movie before. It was a movie, it was one of the many movies that my boyfriend goes, you seriously haven't seen this? Yeah. (laughs) And I say, yes. Partially because, one, I don't really give a shit about action movies or like space shit. As we know. Jessica doesn't believe in space. This falls more under fake space for me. (laughs) Um, And it almost entirely takes place on Earth. So I was okay with it. Mm -hmm. Also, because it was less of an apocalypse movie rather than like an invasion movie, I was also okay with it because I also cannot handle end of the world films. I love end of the world films. I fucking hate it. It makes me, it gives me the same feeling that space movies give me. One of my favorite films is... 2012 that's nice and also the day after tomorrow fan (laughs) (laughs) i don't like geostorm i have i have no comment i have seen none of these films i don't know if it's by the same guy but i don't like it that's dear oh dear dean (laughs) dear dean devlin 
I that doesn't. Okay, fucking Dean Devlin. Fuck that guy for making Geostorm shit movie. (laughs) But also for partially writing Independence Day. Oh, so good. So good. (laughs) So great. So great. So great. (laughs) 10 out of 10. Um, Jeff Goldblum in this fucking film plays like a, uh, an astrophysicist Uh who works for like a broadcast company, right? Or like a, a, what is the company? It's 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 like news. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He works for like a broadcast company and they so like this whole time you you think at least i thought that he like was working in his field but he wasn't Mm-mm. well not like entirely in his field he's doing like science shit for them <laughs> but then like in doing that science shit detects radio waves a disturbance okay this is some 90s apocalypse <laughs> bullshit like some of this shit is like we can do this we have the technology but you do not sir you do not have the technology no, jeff goldblum in this movie is like if seth brundle <laughs> was like successful and could talk yes. to people yes <laughs> and was a little bit less intense yeah yeah and who rode a bike yeah and he played chess and he wore dumb clothes well similarly though in both movies they don't drive yeah because seth brundle is has motion sickness do we know why jeff goldblum doesn't drive i think they say something but honestly this movie is very long and there's a lot of storyline so i don't know i mean like jeff goldblum doesn't drive in real life yeah right i don't know because think about like every movie that he's in he like doesn't drive i don't know is this like a conspiracy theory (laughs) i mean google this i believe he does drive in real life (laughs) just not in these two movies so you know he plays chess and chess plays a big role in this film (laughs) chess does play a very big role Uh, both metaphorically and actually Mm -hmm. um one of his like famous lines he like looks into the abyss and go into the abyss and goes like uh checkmate <laughs> he's so like so much of his like um like signature way of speaking i feel like comes out in this movie and like is really what made it into pop culture oh definitely because will smith is like in the background freaking out or not in the background but he's like on the side freaking out and jeff colton's just like ah. Uh, uh. Uh, well, uh, if this doesn't work, uh. Uh. <laughs> there is one. Okay. So one issue with the big, like fake technology in this movie Oh God, is that he comes up with the master plan to like infect the computer of the mothership with a virus with a virus we're assuming their computers work the same as ours. This is what use I use the same data and the same coding. <laughs> we just, and I love I love when they're in the spaceship and it's inside of the bigger, the mothership in, in space. And he pulls open his computer and it's just it's like virus downloading <laughs> with like a big skull on and the it's screen. Just like, it's one of those things where you just have to fucking suspend your disbelief. Otherwise you're yeah. going to, you're going to chop your head off. Like you're, you're going to blow your own head off if you don't do that. Yeah. 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 Uh, this movie is full of like, tr- like action mm-hmm. movie tropes. Yeah. Um, one of the one of like the big scenes or like the big scene that like a lot of people sort of quote and like talk about is the scene where the president is giving his like fucking speech the independence Day we speech. will not go quite into the night is what he says 
Uh, speech that a lot of mainly straight men are like really inspired by. I know, literally straight. All straight white men are like, oh my god, like they I all cry. I use that speech monologue and like my bullshit, 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 <laughs> and you're just like, okay, all right, sir. Okay, Brad. Okay, Chad. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, the fucking speech. So there's this like speech that the president gives sort of mm-hmm. at the at the I think the beginning of the third act of the film, like when everything fucking yeah. starts to go down. Yeah, when he's about to get into the, the plane. He's like to go. I'm a down. combat pilot. I belong in the air. <laughs> to go nuke the fucking <laughs> thing right before nuke. Randy Quaid's uh, suicide bomb. Oh, my God. Randy Quaid in this movie. So good. He's insane. He's fucking insane. Literally. I mean, we're supposed to, like, he, he has been, like, abducted by aliens before. I get that he would be, like, kooky Randy Quaid. <laughs> but it was, like, on another, like, it was on a, tr- it was, like, like, he a was purely like on one. level. He was on one. Also, like, like, I didn't give a shit that he died. I was like, please kill yourself to save the world. <laughs> please. You're a fucking guy who flies his plane. <laughs> flies planes. Drunk. Yeah. Everywhere. Yeah. And has these kids that he like, it took me a minute to realize they were actually his children. I was just like, are you just like a weird caretaker? There's no relationship here. <laughs> that section of the movie I feel was really underdeveloped. You have yeah. like bargain bin Keanu Reeves playing, <laughs> playing the son. Who's <laughs> <laughs> just like, my, my dad's a hero. Clearance Keanu Reeves. <laughs> I'm so sorry if that actor is like still working. <laughs> Yellow tag Keanu Reeves. <laughs> this is like Keanu Reeves Red that you tag, get at Ross blue or like tag. Marshalls. Oh my god! <laughs> Home goods, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> There's a lot. Okay, this movie. I would say overall, this movie very, very good, very iconic. But there are small things in this movie, like Randy Quaid, that I just like cannot get behind. Cannot. I can't get behind that. I can't get behind the fucking dolphin engagement ring that Will Smith gives. Vivica okay, Fox. that shit is ugly. That's ugly as fuck. <laughs> what is that? As it, she's already. Uh, a, she's really into dolphins. She's a stripper as it is. Like we don't need to perpetuate stereotypes that they're just that they'll just like take anything (laughs) garbage (laughs) if anyone ever proposes to me with a ring with an animal on it i'll I'll, I'll nuke you (laughs) i'll nuke the shit out of you the entire goal of the film is to fucking nuke aliens the aliens (laughs) kill the fucking aliens is but specifically to nuke them so the undertones of this film yeah. are severely pro-america oh oh i mean it's called independence day right on this day our independence day <laughs> that's monica's incredible <laughs> bill pullman uh impression on this day our independence day <laughs> See, I, the thing is, is like you say he speaks through his teeth and I just don't agree. I just think he doesn't open his mouth very much, which I don't equate to like using your teeth to speak. Does that make well, any I sense to you? I think you're a piece of shit, Jessica. Okay, well, I guess <laughs> you can't you can't come back from that. You can't come back from <laughs> as far as arguments go. This was just a fucking honestly, like at the end of the day, the three of us sitting here right now, this was just a fucking action movie. Yeah. Um, I, okay. What I will say is I didn't expect to like this movie. 
Um, I didn't expect to like this movie either. I don't like action movies. I don't like alien movies. I, don't um, like- I really enjoy Vin Diesel's The Pacifier. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, that's a pretty good one. That one's good. I, we all know I love speed. Um, oh, yeah, you do love speed. But besides that, not really into them. And I also have a weird thing about things that are very, like, pro-America. Me too. Uh, <laughs> um, I sort of cringed while watching this yeah, film. Yeah, but... To the nth degree. But, like... It's still a really good movie and is really funny at moments. Like Will Smith is great. Will Smith is fantastic he's in this film. He's super good in this movie. Um he's like the voice of reason in this film. He's like yeah. the, the he plays like the underdog almost. Like mm-hmm. the one that was never sort of given the chance to be the astronaut and then he ends up there and he mm-hmm. more than proves his worth. And people like think less of him because he's in love with a stripper. Right. Um and he's also black. Yeah, there's that too. There's that too. He's the only black character. Yeah. But he saves the day. Him and Jeff Goldblum exactly. save the day. The nerd uh, and the black like, yeah, pilot the, save the day. The weird <laughs> ticky nerd and the black the black ass. He's an astronaut because he goes into space. Um, so let's give credit where credit is due, Jessica. Well, uh, sure. He becomes an astronaut because he does go into space eventually. But yeah. What makes you an astronaut? Going into space or you, being an astronaut, like being astronauted by NASA? I, being astronauted? Yeah, like given the title astronaut. I, I think astronaut you have to be you. given the title. No, I like, astronaut. Just because I drive doesn't mean I'm a driver. Yeah, I mean, does that make yeah, sense no, 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 to no, It means you're a driver. If you drive out there, you're No, but I'm not like a professional driver. So. Did anyone say you were a professional? No, but driver? what I'm saying is just because he went to space doesn't mean he's an astronaut. He was not trained. Doesn't mean he just went to space. Also, because he's flying essentially just like a really high powered plane, he's not like flying, uh, you know, a rocket. A spacecraft. He's not a rocket. They're called spacecrafts. Get it fucking okay, together. Okay, but you know what I mean. <laughs> he's just doing what he would normally have done. Okay, okay, you know what? But I'll- in space. I will give you that. Thank you. He does not. He does, he was not given a mission by NASA to no. fucking go anywhere. But he was given a mission by the president, which yeah, is yeah, you yeah, know yeah. something in this movie. It is what it is. The point is, <laughs> there's not a lot to say about this movie. I okay. Well, I I just can we maybe let's focus on Jeff Goldblum's performance. Yeah, no, that but that's what I'm saying is okay. there's not there's not a lot to say about the movie as a whole. Sure, it is an action movie. It is pro America. Mm-hmm. Is an it is an apocalypse film. And the CGI is actually really fucking good for being 1996. Yeah, and all that miniature work. Yeah, fucking pretty solid, amazing. I think it's like it holds like the record for like the most miniatures in a film ever. Oh wow! And it continues to hold that record because everything's CGI now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I tip my metaphorical hat off to you. Yeah, because she's not wearing a hat. I'm not wearing a hat. But if I was, I would tip it off to you, filmmakers and yeah. miniature makers of Independence Day, 1996. Yeah. Um. But going to specifically Jeff Goldblum's performance. Yes. He was so Goldblumy in this role. Yeah. But like still managed to like sell himself as a different person. Um, he reminds me a lot of Christopher Walken in ways, in Absolutely. certain ways where they're very just like, they're known for being like very kooky and having like a very signature way of speaking. But when it comes down to having to do business having to act and tell a story they fucking pull it together oh yeah and take the pieces of themselves that they that are exaggerated in real life and tone them down and just like kind of use them to color their performances well yeah it's so he's so smart he's so smart yeah i mean uh, christopher walken in uh click is different than christopher walken in hairspray 
Yeah. I mean, we could go all the way the fuck back and say, like, think about Christopher Walken now and then watch, like, The Deer Hunter. Yeah. I think my two examples were, were uh, more universe, universal. <laughs> You're timeless to me. <laughs> I was actually listening to that soundtrack on the way here. Uh, amazing. Um but yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I think you sort of like took the words out of my mouth without I'm taking so the exact words. It's fine. You don't let me have nice things. Fucking pistachio. <laughs> um, but I completely agree. I think that Jeff Goldblum in this film, first of all, he sells being a hero. Like he sells being the one that you yeah. count on. Yeah. Uh, which I found to be incredibly impressive because Jeff Goldblum does not give off hero energy. Despite he does being not. like six two and really hot. Despite that, yeah. his vibe is not the hero vibe. No, not at all. He's not the guy that's going to save the world. Like, that's not him. Mm-mm. I really appreciate the fact that he was able to sort of, like, dissect the different parts of himself and give us a pseudo-hero. Like, someone we could count on for very, for very specific reason. And Will Will Smith gave us, like, the like the two-punch, like, I'm, I'm the, the, like, actual hero-hero. Yeah. And Jeff Goldblum gave us, like, the nerdy hero, which I appreciate. I think this movie, like, I mean, this movie is a little cheesy in some ways. Oh, it's very Absolutely. cheesy. Absolutely. It's very, um, very cheesy. Especially because, it, like, it has that big sweeping score. It's, you know, very grandiose. But uh, I think it does, it kind of, it's an ensemble piece. And through that, like, emphasizes, this is going to sound so cheesy, but it emphasizes, like, teamwork. Yeah. Um, and how all of these different people have various hero elements that when put together are like the perfect storm to save the day. That was the cheesiest shit that's ever come out of your mouth. But Jessica. you know, it's true. I know it's happening. <laughs> no, it is absolutely true. You speak truth and also nacho cheese. <laughs> you speak truth and also Gruyere, Brie and Havarti. <laughs> Every cheese. All the cheeses. Out of my mouth. American, French, Swiss, all cheeses. <laughs> The um, I think sort of the end goal of the film was to be like the blockbuster of the summer, mm-hmm. which um, to my knowledge, I think Mars Attacks was like pushed. War of the Worlds was pushed because of the fucking hype around this movie was too intense. Like sure. everyone was sort of rallying around this film. Yeah. Uh, and I I love Mars Attacks. I'm a big fan of like a campy, uh, a campy space romp. Sure. Like love, love. <laughs> I love apocalypse films. I love the like, campy, uh, campy space romps. Love that shit. I think Apocalypse, Apocalypse, I think Independence Day lives somewhere between Armageddon and like War of the Worlds. For you? (laughs) For me. No, no, no. Like in general, like the vibe of it. It's not super serious and it's not too cheesy to the point where you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Like it's not nuking an asteroid, but it's nuking a spaceship sure so it's funny because i when i was watching this they're vastly different movies but i was getting similar vibes to how i felt when i was watching the color purple which we will discuss uh, on the next episode i was gonna say because they're very like like there's a lot at stake there's some serious shit going on and yet we have this like kind of jaunty like sweeping score and these like killer one-liners and everyone's confident that we're gonna save the day and i'm like this feels very like late 80s 90s like that's how they did that's how they did films uh, like movies that had big conflict back then (laughs) yeah um one acting moment that i love in this film that actually Mm -hmm. does not belong to jeff goldblum what i know um was the 
acting moment where Will Smith is in the air with his friends mm-hmm. and they all fucking get shot. Oh, Harry Connick Jr. Yeah, R.I.P. Yeah, yeah. What a great cameo from him. Truly. They all get shot. Mm-hmm. He his he doesn't crash uh into the ground, but he like parachutes down into the ground. Yeah. And he's dragging he shoots the alien yeah. and he's dragging the alien's carcass through the desert. And I think that they shot this in Utah. Yeah. So it looks very like he, like the man is dragging through the Utah desert, this yeah. like alien carcass that looks disgusting. And according to him smells disgusting. Um, and you can see sort of like the, like you were saying earlier about Jeff Goldblum in terms of like him being able to go through like the seven stages of, stages of grief in like one, like one minute or one yeah. second. Um, he was sort of going through that in the sense of like, he doesn't know what the fuck's going on. He's dragging a fucking alien carcass through the desert and he needs to keep the alien intact in order to figure out how the fuck to like beat that thing. Yeah. And on top of all of it, he doesn't know if his fucking family is alive and all of his, he just watch all of his friends die too. Exactly. Yeah. So like, I honestly like I didn't expect such a good like a a, a really beautifully nuanced acting moment from uh, Will Smith in that film. Mm-mm. It came out like it was there. I didn't really expect a lot of nuance from any performance in the film. I kind of expected nope. them to be very one note and just yeah. like serve the purpose. But Mae Whitman was like, wow. Oh my God, little baby <laughs> Mae Whitman. She's so fucking cute in this movie. Egg. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't expect like too much, but there was a lot of like really incredible nuance, a lot of just like beautiful moments. Like I love that they had the addition of of Jeff Goldblum's character having his dad there the whole time. That was so good. And they played so well off of each other. Yes. It, they brought something out in each other I, and in the character wow. that like would have been completely lost. I don't even think it was necessary for the movie, but it added another layer that made it so much better. And I, I fully appreciated it. Like mm-hmm. I, every single time that the pair sort of came on screen, because honestly, if you, if you sort of look at the light, like the lifespan of the film, mm-hmm. Jeff Goldblum is not in a lot of it. Um, he's in very little he's like exists peppered throughout the film and then very much in the in the third act yeah yeah, yeah. but like first and second act the man's like kind of nowhere to be seen except for like his one-liners and like very short scenes yeah very very short scenes um but when he's with his dad like i forget that it's anyone else's film mm-hmm. i think that it's their film like yeah. it's his film his dad's film it's their film uh, they play so well off of each other. I think that I, I've never seen Jeff Goldblum in like a son role. Mm-mm. I've always seen him in like a um, a husband role, a, a like a, a single man role. Yeah. Like that's that sort of thing. I've never seen him in like a role where he's he plays a son um, and a son who's like active in his father's life. That sort yeah. of thing. Like they are in each other's in each other's lives. And the fact that his dad is there to sort of like get him through his divorce. Mm-hmm who is there to tell him like when he is sort of being pushed too far or not enough. Yeah. Uh, Because I fundamentally do not believe that Jeff Goldblum's character would have been able to save the world with Will Smith's character had it not been for his dad, like believing in him and telling him like, you went to MIT, like this is your fucking shot. Just go fucking do it. Like just do it. No, absolutely. I agree. It's, it, so it's, who's the real uh, hero in it's this fucking fantastic. film? <laughs> the dad. The fucking dad. <laughs> and just, you know, like to close out, that ending shot of uh, Will Smith and Jeff Goldblum walking through the desert is fucking <laughs> iconic, but also made me laugh so hard because you can see Jeff Goldblum keeps like looking over at Will Smith and it's almost like he's looking at him to be like, am I walking as cool as Will Smith? <laughs> <laughs> 
right now. Uh, and he like has a little extra swagger in his hips that he would never is, have had otherwise. This it's is what so I'm talking funny. about when I say like you don't see Jeff Goldblum giving off like hero energy. Yeah. Like it just doesn't happen. No. Uh it's just so oh, it's so good. He plays so well off of Will Smith. Will Will Smith gives you like the star power mm-hmm. the, the 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 pilot boy the the good hero the good dinosaur if mm-hmm. you will and uh jeff goldblum gives the 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 nerdy astrophysicist who saves the world using a computer virus yeah because of course because of course he of does. course the aliens have the same computers that we do <laughs> because america is the only country mm-hmm. and earth is the only world <laughs> And that's Independence Day. Independence Day. (laughs) And that's Jeff Goldblum. We love Jeff. There's he's been in so many movies, but like it really came down to what has he starred in? Like what was he in enough to give us enough yeah. to talk about? Um and I wasn't allowed to talk about Jurassic Park because we had to do Independence Day. <laughs> I told Monica she could have her own dinosaur themed episode. We're gonna so uh stay tuned. We'll be doing uh uh The Land Before Time. The Good Dinosaur. Dinosaur. Dinosaurs. The movie with an exclamation point. It doesn't have an It is, yeah. Dinosaurs. I thought it was just dinosaurs. No. Oh my God, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Sorry. We're back. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. Sorry. It's going to be The Land Before Time, We're Back, and Jurassic Park. Stay tuned. Hell yeah. We'll see. <laughs> I don't know if I'll actually be able to do it, guys. Uh, but anyway, Jessica, what have you been dabbling in, girl? Um, okay. So I told you a little bit about this earlier, but um, I discovered something called, there's like a TV network or like a channel or something called Dabble, <laughs> which is very fitting. Um, and you can watch all of Martha Stewart's old <laughs> episodes on this network. And so I've been watching a lot of like old Martha Stewart and just it's almost like ASMR for some people. Like it's just like listening to Martha talk about how to properly like season a cast iron is absurdly therapeutic to me. Amazing. (laughs) I fucking do. You know, Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart are like tight. Oh, hell yeah. I know. Yeah. They've been tight for years. They've been tight forever. Because I think they did like a. They did like an ad together. Like they did an ad together, ago. and then like he came out with a cookbook. She was very supportive yeah, yeah, of yeah. it. Uh, she's she's a she's a great lady. And now they're buddies, and they've done like commercials together. Mm-hmm. And yeah, no, I fucking love Snoop Dogg. And now Snoop Dogg is a big vegan legend. Oh wow! Yeah, he he's bringing uh, Beyond Patties to Dunkin' Donuts, et cetera, et cetera. That's cool. So he's he's living his fucking life. Hell yeah, Snoop. Snoop. <laughs> What have you been dabbling in? Uh, besides Snoop Dogg, <laughs> I've been dabbling in. So I've been watching a lot of TV like these past couple of days. A, because we cannot leave due to the fires. So like before you could like, you know, get out of the house and like, go on a walk or something, uh, even with Miss Rona in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but not anymore. So like there's an, there's a pretty big blanket of smoke over Pasadena. So like I have to stay inside. Because uh, I'm very, very sensitive to that sort of thing. <laughs> um, and I've been watching, uh, watching a lot of TV. And um, 
I sort of just finished this like really big project for work. And so like in order to shut my brain off, I was like, I'm going to binge watch something like I'm going to fucking go for it. Like I just finished two months of this like huge project that I had. Uh, it's over like I can like fucking turn my brain off and watch something. It has to be something good, mm-hmm. gritty, dark. I started watching fucking Ozark. That shit. Hell yeah. Is I haven't seen it, but I heard it's amazing. Amazing. First of all, I'm a big Jason Bateman fan. Um, He's good. <laughs> He's a good dude. Um, There is this movie. One of my favorite movies for some godforsaken reason is this movie that I cannot remember the name of. To save my life. Okay. But he's in it. What's it about? With Jennifer fucking Aniston. Oh, um, the one with the sperm where she yeah. wants the sperm. Yeah. And his name is Wally. Yeah. In the uh, movie. Uh, I, I don't... Fuck. What's it called? But he is a fucking comedic legend in that fucking film. He sells it. He and Jennifer Aniston are like treasure and gold yeah. together. It's beautiful. Uh, and also my favorite show in the whole world is Arrested Development. Um, I am well, a, I'm obsessed. Go. Well, mm, the first three seasons. But we don't have to talk about that. The point is... Jason Bateman can fucking do it all. Yeah. The man He's can a daddy. do it all. Yes, he is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he is. What's Did you called? find out? Oh, The Switch. The, the Switch. Switch. Yes. An excellent film. A really great rom-com. Yeah. Love that fucking movie. It's good. Um, but yeah, Ozark is super gritty. It's fun. It's. It reminds me of Breaking Bad, but like not in the sort of like the it's, it doesn't have a similar vibe it has like different stakes and like it's different mm-hmm. in terms of like the obviously it's a different fucking story sure. otherwise it would just be fucking breaking bad again mm-hmm. so it's good that's cool 10 out of 10 hell yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> well that brings us to our final segment so usually we do questions but we've also been asking for daddy stories mm-hmm. about you meeting a daddy and someone submitted one and i also have a second one because i met jeff goldblum and it was a very momentous occasion in my life. Um, I'll post a picture of it on our Instagram. Yeah, go to our Instagram. At uh, John Favreau's my daddy. <laughs> Please <laughs> seek out this photo. <laughs> um, so he, for those of you who don't know, I live in Los Feliz. And um, he performs regularly at the Rockwell table and stage over on uh, Vermont. Vermont. I think it's Vermont. That's a state. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's Vermont. That's Bernie State. And um, so I went and I watched him play jazz piano. And before the show, he he does like he does like a Jeff Goldblum movie game. So he'll ask someone to shout out a movie that he's been in. And this is, he does like crowd work before he starts playing. He asks you to shout out a movie that he's been in or like or an actor or something and he'll be like, oh, Gina Davis, uh, Gina Davis was in The Fly, who also had this person in it. And then someone else has to shout out like a movie that that person has been in and he finds a way to connect it back to himself. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty fucking hysterical. Um, and so he plays jazz piano. His band that he plays with is incredible. Um, I remember one of them, like the the I think his their like upright bass player came into I was working at J Crew at the time. He like came into J Crew and I was like freaking out, but I didn't want to tell him where I knew him from. I don't know why. I why? That's like a perfectly normal place I, to know I him from. I know, but I didn't want to like be weird. Um, whatever. So I I helped like fit him for pants. It was <laughs> it was very, it's very normal. But the whole time I was just like he plays in Jeff Goldblum's band. Oh my god. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um. But so. 
in the middle of the show, Jeff takes the time to take a meet and take a photo with any person who wants to meet him. So he just asks you to line up and he'll stay there for as long as it takes. Okay. Jeff Goldblum loves being famous. Oh yeah. He loves it. He loves it, but he's also very kind. Um, and so like we, me and my friends lined up and I went up to him and he like put his arms around me and he was like, he's like, I'm eating a cough drop. Can you smell it? And he breathed his air directly into my face. And I was just like, oh my God. I was like, yeah, you smell like a Ricola. And he pulls the packet out of his pocket. And he was like, you were right. And I was like, just so you know, Earth Girls Are Easy is one of my most favorite movies of all time. Like, I absolutely adore you and I adore that movie. And like, thank you so much. And he was like, thank you so much. And he like rubbed my back very like, <laughs> like nicely and like made this face where he was just like, mmm. <laughs> I was like, I felt like I was on cloud nine for like a week uh, after that. I just wanted to, just because of the way that that sounded, I just want to preface, <laughs> not preface this, I just want to let the audience know, people who are listening, uh, Jessica enjoyed this and uh-huh. wanted it. To- 100%. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. I was like, my my hands were all over. <laughs> yes. So it was definitely reciprocated. Oh yeah. I wasn't just standing there and he was touching me. Like it was a joint effort and it was very clear that I, you know, it was, was consenting the whole yes. time. Um, uh, yeah. That was incredible. Incredible. He, I, I want to go back so badly, but uh, obviously Ms. Rona's in town. Rona right now, but also the tickets sell out really fast. Um, so if you ever see it, you should have jump on it y'all so good amazing we stand (laughs) we love jeff goldblum anyway please go check out that photo at john favreau's my daddy on instagram give it a like and comment whether or not you think it was a ricola or not (laughs) or maybe it was just jessica's fever dream and it was like a halls or something like halls cherry halls lemon I know my cough drops. I have are you coughing problems. Ricola or are you team Halls? Oh, Ricola, hundo percent. I'm team Halls. I feel team Ricola. Like team Ricola are weak bitches. Like I'm, I'm a, I'm a Halls gal. I love Ricola. I want my throat to burn. Okay, well that's just your own personal <laughs> problem. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyway, so. Sorry to disappoint our listeners. We do not have a question for what would John Favreau do today. Mm-mm. Instead, we are bringing you our first ever submission for an I Met a Daddy story. Mm-hmm. So buckle up, kids. <laughs> this it's going to be a one. wild ride. It's going to be a wild ride. <laughs> so this is Courtney's story. When it was parents weekend at Northwestern a few years ago, My mom and I were at a coffee shop just enjoying ourselves when suddenly her eyes start following someone or something. Out of the corner of her mouth, acting as calm as possible, she goes, Is that Judd Apatow? (laughs) She and I had binged Freaks and Geeks relatively recently, and we were generally, like, we're generally obsessed with his work. And I truly just finished his book like a month before. Now, I must admit... Though I was very familiar with Judd's movies and TV shows, I never actually knew what he looked like. So I looked at the man she was talking about, and he looked honestly like any other middle-aged dad in a Northwestern sweatshirt. (laughs) Then, 
Leslie Mann walked in. And as we all know, she is gorgeous and much more identifiable. (laughs) And when my mom says, well, that settles it. It's him. And it turns out they were also visiting their daughter, Mauve. Her name is Maeve. (laughs) Maeve. Just so the the listeners know really quick, we do not edit what you guys send us. Like, if you guys don't know who the person is and, like, put a question mark, we will... We'll let you guys know. Yeah, so Courtney wrote Mauve, and I'm I'm fact checking <laughs> real time and saying her name is Maeve. Her name is Maeve, who <laughs> uh, was a freshman at the time, but has since dropped out. LMAO. <laughs> this next part. She's like on Euphoria. It's fine, <laughs> but that's not where our story ends. My mother and I took it upon ourselves to say hi because we honestly couldn't help ourselves. But we were both so nervous about pissing him off if we made a scene. So we hid behind a bookshelf in the corner for like two minutes, contemplating how to, how to approach him. And eventually, my mom just kind of pushed me forward and I word vomited. Hi, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I just read your book and we just want to have to say hi. And he was honestly delightful, as was Leslie Mann. They shook our hands and thanked us for whatever reason. And we scurried, scurried out of the coffee shop, giggling like literal schoolgirls. Wow, what a moment. I know. What an incredible opportunity. I love Judd Apatow. I know. I don't think I would have approached. I've seen many a celebrity in the wild and have said nothing. I've, I I always say nothing. Yeah. I'm not like a big, may I take your picture, may I meet you kind of person. I think that's part of like being raised in LA. Um, you're like told not to not to like approach celebrities whereas i think if you grew up elsewhere you're like if you see a celebrity like you have to say hi yeah especially in the valley because so many celebrities like retreat to the valley as like their suburban like where they're gonna raise their families so it was like very normal like i like i saw kevin hart like picking up breakfast for his family one day when i was like i had brought some of my college roommates to my hometown for the weekend to like stay at my house to like see the valley mm-hmm. <laughs> to see the sides of the to valley. See the valley and kevin hart walked in and they were like freaking out and i was like just please don't say anything. just shut the this fuck is up just like this a, is the this oasis is a normal thing this is the fucking oasis get your fucking shit he should together. be able to pick up his pancakes yeah. from cc's without you know yeah i mean i saw fucking ashton kutcher at the fucking common co- coffee commissary like yeah. that it was it was great I you mean, just Ash- leave him alone ashton kutcher was like assistant coaching football at fucking like harvard westlake yeah and they were playing our high school football team and so he was like mm-hmm. on campus one day and we were all just like play cool guys <laughs> i know like <laughs> fucking act. okay so i just want to <laughs> preface this for the entire world it is not cool in los angeles to act like you're a fangirl no. of the celebrity it is considered to be so much cooler to just like pretend like you don't give a fuck like, or to say like a, you can say like a very quick like hey i really love your work but like don't but don't try like, and like take up too much of their time or like get a photo <laughs> that's a, that's like a seven deadly like one of those like seven deadly sins <laughs> Listen, do not get it i'm not, not a i'm not like slapping your wrist if you have done it because i get it you know when we see our heroes that's what yeah. we want to do. I mean, at the height of the iCarly phase, when I met Miranda Cosgrove, I lost my shit. Yeah. I took like seven photos. But there are like, there are ways to do it where it's a lot chiller. Yeah. Not the way I did it. Not the way I did it. I had, were, I'm I assuming had, you were young. I had her CD in my like little limited two purse. Okay. And I was so like, yes, you were young. I was like, sign my fucking CD, Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> I'm sure you said the F word. No, I didn't. <laughs> I definitely didn't. I was just like, oh my niblets. It's. Miranda Cosgrove for my Carly. <laughs> I want this signed. I don't want a picture. Oh my God. 
Oh, man. Oh, that well, was Jeff Goldblum. That was our segments. Yeah. That was our podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Send us your daddy stories. Send us a question. We have a website coming out. We used to have a website, then it fucking expired. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now we're like getting back on that shit. I'm firing up some like fun shit for you guys on Instagram. Um, some people have been interacting with it, which I genuinely appreciate to the point where Monica yesterday texted me and she said, are you, are you like feeding this yourself? Like, <laughs> and I was like, no, people are actually like responding. I refuse to believe that like we have any sort of success that isn't just us hyping us up. Granted, like most of these people were all people I do know in real life, but, but like, still, still, still listeners, you guys, we love you. Uh, we just want to be famous. <laughs> That's all I want. I just want John Favreau to hear this. I just. We're tr- the goal is to get John Favreau to fucking hear this, but not have it be a Julie Julia moment yeah. where like he fucking hates me. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, "Why the fuck are you doing a podcast like, just about to go me?" Get the fuck out of here. I think I think that we our redemption comes in the fact that like it's not just about him. It yeah. was inspired by our love for him. Yep. Because if this was just a podcast where every day we talked about John Favreau, I don't think you guys would listen. No anymore. one would listen. It's fucking boring. Sorry, so, John. <laughs> thank you guys for listening to the fucking podcast. Uh, as always, don't, don't sue, sue us, Daddy, Daddy Favreau. Favreau. Love you. Love you. Peace. Bye. Bye.